Hi everyone, uh, welcome to ELI, the place where you get your daily dose of inspiration for entrepreneurship. And today we have with us uh, Mr. Vipul Taneja, who is the founder of AdSparks, uh, which is a performance marketing agency. Uh, he has also co-founded multiple other ventures as well. Uh, hi Vipul, welcome to ELI. Hey buddy, thank you for having me here. I'm very excited. Um, it's, I've been uh, not online, not doing a lot of interviews for more like five years now. So it's good to be back. So uh, we would uh, like to start with your introduction. Please tell us about uh, who you are and uh, uh, let's understand you a bit uh, before we go on to talk about AdSparks. Sure. So um, my career started back in my college days, uh, like in 2010. And I was pursuing electrical engineering, but this whole thing about online and what computers is going on, it, it was really exciting. I met a couple of my friends in college, they were doing blogging back in the days. Okay. And I thought, hey, this is a cool idea. Why not start with that? And how can I do it? And I started reading about it, learning from my friends and all that. And 2009, late, I started my first blog. I, I did, I had some good success, but I had a lot of failures. Um, yeah. They taught me many things. Then right after my college, I, I joined Deloitte for a year. So it was a funny story, but like my mom wanted me to be, you know, as a very normal Indian middle class family, they want to work in a big company. And I was like, hey, I want to pursue my own thing. Mm. But uh, we made a deal. I said, I'm going to only do it for one year. And she agreed, but she didn't really think that I will quit after one year. Mm. And, and right after 11 months, I actually quit. And uh, she was surprised, but later, I mean, obviously she saw the results. She was very happy. Um, and then I co-founded, uh, you know, uh, Archbucks Media in 2014 with my brother. Mm -hmm. And since then we have been, you know, doing a lot of different things. We'll talk about that soon. Um, and then, you know, I have been very active in, in very um, different conferences across the world. Uh, talking about how performance marketing, in general about marketing, native advertising, and uh, and recently we've also started uh, angel investing. Okay, so before we uh, talk about the venture, uh, I'd like to understand uh, a little bit about your um, your uh, entry into the entrepreneurial journey. So. Can you yeah. tell us why entrepreneurship? Uh, I, I think from early on, you were quite clear that uh, you were going to do this. And even after a lot of uh, uh, pushing from your parents, you didn't uh, change your uh, decision to continue. Most of the people, uh, after getting into a good job, they kind of get lost, but uh, you did not. Why, why can you tell us about it? So for sure, of course. Uh, in 2010, um, they, back in my college, there was this program from Microsoft. It was known as Microsoft Student Partners. And I got selected as a Microsoft Student So the role was to basically evangelize about Microsoft products, roam across the country and tell them, you know, why to use this products in the student community. And we all were, all of the North India, you know, Microsoft Student Partners were invited in Faridabad for an introduction or open, open day session. Hmm. And that day, I mean, I still remember it was 4th of February 2010. I met some of my good friends even today. They were young people, 18, 19 years old, and they were running their companies for like last three years, like last four years. And, hmm. and they, they inspired me like anything. I was like, if these guys can do it, why can't I do it? And, you know, that was the day I ma made a pact for myself that 
no matter what happens i'm going to make sure that i'm i'm going to pursue my path and i'm going to make sure i'm following my dreams i uh, it's it's nothing bad to be working for someone but i just wanted to make sure that you know i did what i wanted to do okay after you quit uh, your first job uh, can you tell us what what was the uh, series of steps that you took or a series of things that happened uh, when you found your venture uh, in terms of uh, how did you get the clients uh, how did you decide on what to do uh, on entrepreneurship sure so i mean it was the first and the only job so there was no second job after that but um, realistically i had a plan so uh, even while i was working in deloitte it wasn't like that i wasn't doing my own thing uh, side hustle was happening uh, i was doing blogging i was making money off that um, but uh, there's a funny incident uh, i'm sure you everybody here knows about google adsense if mm. you're in the fraternity so similar like other people i started blogging but i hit with multiple roadblocks where my google ad accounts got banned and i back in the days i didn't understand what was the reason they said it's a policy thing and everything and multiple times it happened that my uh, my funds were blocked and i was like hey i cannot you know do this business you know this is too dependent on google like google is going to give me traffic and google is also paying so it's too dependent on google i cannot have a business like this and then um i stumbled upon affiliate marketing where um i i understood like that um when you sell products for somebody else or you pay i mean you get paid on performance and that was like that was like an idea that i got really excited with and i started doing that i i did it for myself i i ventured into um paid advertising as well as during the same time because um for me seo was too volatile uh, there was uh, panda and all those penguin updates coming in back in the days Right. and i realized again this is not stable you know how can i make sure that i control it and then i ventured into paid advertising um i did a lot of stuff uh, with paid media and i was so good that i started teaching people and mm-hmm. right after i left deloitte you know i had a very successful run with having a you know a program which i used to call back in days facebook cp ninja and i used to teach people how to basically do facebook advertising for affiliate products and that was um, you know the first success point that i had back in the days where uh, over the span of next 5 6 months i had over 150 200 people uh, learning through me online mm-hmm. and uh, trust me a lot of these people uh, who actually got trained by me they are today even then back in the days they were um, entrepreneurs freelancers uh, cxos of some big firms even you would know today obviously i cannot name them but these were like really profile people and you know i st- i'm still in touch with them and then after that you know that gave me some help in obviously capital uh, we still bootstrap today um and my my brother was um, also you know he used to see what i was doing and he joined me eventually he so when i left deloitte he actually joined deloitte and then so we were basically together in hyderabad and we started ideating it we started talking about it and once everything was settled in i knew what we were supposed to do and he quit and then we started it in may of 2014 mm. and uh, you got into the performance marketing business and uh, i think uh, you got really good at it but uh, then tell us about the scaling it up how how it went big i think now you have got like 10 employees um, at your company so how how did you reach this stage 
massive failures. I mean, honestly, that's the only thing that I can tell you. Uh, um, in 2014, when we started, we hardly knew how to do business because hmm. obviously maybe I've learned some skills uh, in advertising, but business was something that nobody understood. And um, there were so many things that we had to learn in that journey. Um, so my father, who has been a really good support for me, he was a he was a banker in SBI. He hmm. knew all the paperwork and how does it work. And so he helped me out understand all those aesthetics of business, the paperwork, the taxation, which I had no clue about. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, we started like doing, there, there was one thing that was clear for us from day one that uh, we will not be India focused. Um, uh, and that is how it started. We started running uh, campaigns in Europe. We started running campaigns in US, mm -hmm. uh, different verticals, e-commerce, uh, dating. So back in the days, we also ran, you know, affiliate campus for shadi.com. Um, obviously not very crazy scale. We were just starting, but we did some numbers and mm -hmm. there was so much learning that we, we got from there. And we eventually decided to travel to Las Vegas. So there is this summit happens, which happens last year is called the affiliate summit mm -hmm. happens every year. So me, Nippon, my co-founder and some of our friends, we decided to travel to Las Vegas and understand what is this whole industry about? I mean, we keep work, uh, you know, doing it online. We've never met the people that we're working with. So let's, why not go and explore? So going to Vegas was a turning point. Um, so within the first year of us starting the company, we traveled to Vegas. That was January of 2015. Um, that was the turning point, or you can say the one of the moments where we started learning more about the space, what we saw virtually. We met the people in real, we parted with them, we understood what is the culture in US, how people think, why it works like this. So there were so many learnings there back in the days. And mm. uh, since then, you know, we had many ups and downs. It's, it's been a roller coaster ride. We went like, uh, we hit our best days. And then two months later, we just saw that, you know, all our payments are being held because of some shitty reason that these clients would tell us. And, mm. you know, uh, so in, in US, as you're aware, the Q4 is, is a big season. Um, and, uh, you know, all these sales happen and we did really good numbers. We invested so much money and we just realized that they're not going to pay us. So a lot of failures, a lot of ups and downs, um, but Yes, I'm proud that now we have like almost 70 plus um, doing amazing numbers. Uh, we, we, I'll talk, I want to talk about more about, you know, what COVID did for us. Okay. Uh, one, one big aspect of running a service-based venture is uh, acquiring client and retaining them. So can you tell us how do you go about finding new clients and how do you make sure that they stay with you? Yeah. This is going to be really interesting for you to understand that we never pitched any clients. So in last eight years of our uh, inception of a company, we don't even have a pitch deck. Mm -hmm. So it's very unlikely for any marketing firm or a marketing agency to not have a pitch deck, not going to not knocking doors and, you know, meeting all these CEOs of the companies and pitching about your services are since our business is very performance oriented and it's, very straightforward model. Hey, uh, so if you are happy, um, uh, if you're able to pay me, let's say $100 per sale, and you know I can drive sales within $100 using my own capital and my mm -hmm. own investments and my skills with advertising, there's nothing like it. It's a win-win structure for both of us. And, and in this scenario, you know what we also do is we do not pick every client. 
we we are the uh, at the end where we are actually most of the times picking who are these clients we are more comfortable working with mm-hmm. which industry uh, let's say for example bfsi is one of our strongest verticals right now and in us and uk and uh, we pick clients that we want to be working with so we we actually talk to them and we have a conversation hey w- what is it that you can pay for a lead or a sale and you know let's say some client sa- says i can pay you 10 dollars and mm. then we go back and then we talk about it can we really drive leads within 10 dollars or let's say 7 dollars 8 dollars and have some margins for it mm. and that's how we do it and we believe in our skills our our, our team is very uniquely qualified for you know So we would go about understanding, you know, if we can really drive those leads within the price that our clients want us. So it's straightforward win-win model. And if we're able to generate leads within $8, they, they are still paying $10. They're not losing anything. Every other agency that will pitch them, they're like, hey, okay, we'll try to get your leads within your CPA range and we'll charge you 10%, 15% of your spends. So they are actually overpaying for the leads, but in, in our case, they're not. So even if we lose money, they'll still pay us $10. So that's how committed we are to do performance. And that way is, you know, the clients don't leave us. We know who we're working with over the time. We understand about the industry more and more. And we are always at this position that we can pick clients. So we don't really have to go outbound. It's all inbound and referral right now. And we have more work than we can handle even today. Okay. Uh, speaking of performance marketing, can you tell us a little bit about the market right now? So uh, the way I understand, I think uh, the uh, privacy policies and GDPRs of the world, uh, they are becoming a little stringent and uh, there are a lot of restrictions on what kind of data you can track and that has yeah. an impact on the uh, advertisements. Uh, I think a lot of uh, agencies right now are facing trouble in you know minimizing cost per lead or uh, increasing relevancy of ads to the uh, targeted audience. So uh, anything you would like to speak on this? I completely agree. Things have not been the same. Obviously, uh, last few years, there were so many changes in privacy, where if you see what happened with Facebook, Google, uh, all these companies in the US, Apple changing its privacy policy for its mobile phones and GDPR happening in Europe. So it's been a tough ride, but it's 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 been there forever. It's not like this was the first time this happened. Like if you think about it back in the days when Google changes updates or changes mm-hmm. algorithm on how it's gonna rank sites. So mm-hmm. it's pretty much the same thing. So the real idea is to basically evolve with time. This whole industry, um, I think has never been in a better spot. Whatever we are doing today uh, or seeing the numbers, the growth, the aspirations, it's crazy. Um, if you think from a different perspective that when COVID happened, most of these businesses who have never been online are coming online now. Mm-hmm. So from that perspective, when I see it, I say this, this has, we have never been in a better spot. So even after all these issues that are happening and, you know, with all the compliances that are increasing, things are getting tougher, but it is still one of the best times for this industry where everybody wants to jump online. Everybody is in a position that they don't want to miss the ride. Um, 
and they're just trying to have something online. And uh, we believe that uh, GDPR has changed things in Europe, but it's not about how much or what data you collect, but it is how you use the data. Mm. So more compliance is on how the usage is because a lot of people, email marketers, they would spam, SMS marketers, they would spam. So just to control, even in India, these things are being followed. So as you're aware, the try in, had a regulation that you cannot send uh, promotional messages after 8 p.m. So it's been like that for everyone. It's going to change. More privacy should happen, will happen. And it's the marketer's job to evolve. Right. Uh, you know, many of our listeners are budding entrepreneurs and uh, uh, one big challenge for all of them is to, oh, uh, it, there is a puzzle around how to generate leads for their business, how to how did they onboard first few customers or users to their platform. So from a performance marketer's lenses, can you give some some quick uh, uh, new tricks that they can they can deploy it on their uh, demand gen panel. Sure. So I mean, if you ask me realistically, I would only have one trick for them, and that's skill building. Um, this whole industry is so cutthroat. Uh, there's so many agencies in India. You have heard big names, Tensu, mm. this and that, Group M. They they would work with lower margins because there's a volume play. So if you want to survive and if you want to offer your services to somebody, you have to build a niche for yourself. You have to have one skill that is better than anybody else's skill. So the way we started, we, we say, okay, we only do paid advertising. We don't do SEO. We don't do social media. We do nothing of those sorts. We only do paid advertising and uh, we can do programmatic. We can do uh, Facebook, Google, native ad platforms. So a lot of people, when we started back in the days, they didn't know about native ad platforms. So we made a mastery in uh, running ad campaigns on platforms like Tabula, Outbrain. Mm-hmm. Back in the days, nobody knew about them. And when we when we went on and talked about clients, say, we can do we can drive your leads through a content marketing platform like Tabula. And they were really excited to have that because nobody was doing that. Facebook and Google was very standard. Everybody was doing that. And with our skill of you know running specialized campaigns on native advertising, we had an influx of leads. Mm. We actually didn't have to go out, you know, uh, you know, just to pitch clients, but they were coming to us because they wanted those leads. These content leads are very high in value because people are already reading about content and services. Mm. In Facebook, usually if you uh, try and advertise for, let's say, insurance, um, in general, when somebody's browsing on Facebook, they're not looking for insurance. So you are pitching them. Mm-hmm. But when you're when you're reading a content and you're reading a content about you know how to save money um, and then you see an ad about insurance that's very relevant for the user absolutely so there's so many ways so many ways you can think about it and it is very important for any budding uh, entrepreneur or performance marketer to build their own skill there's this this industry i mean you will have your first few clients uh, low tier clients uh, with your selling skills so you can convince some people hey i can do this for five lakh rupees where whereas that service would be fifty thousand rupees that would happen for you a few times but that is something you cannot scale that is something is not sustainable so either you have to be really really good at selling and extremely connected or you have to have at least one skill to counter back Hmm. that you know i do this and this is the best i do nobody can do it better than me okay uh 
I think you mentioned about uh, your uh, some of your clients not paying back. So that is one of the challenges. So uh, every business has challenges. Can you tell us what are the biggest challenges that you have faced while building and growing uh, your venture? My biggest challenge is is basically training my team um, because I, being a performance marketer myself, I actually have trained each and every member of my team myself. Mm-hmm. And since most of our business, most of our clients are based on US, UK, Canada, and Europe, Australia. But the bigger challenge is for my media buyers and my team to understand the culture there. Okay. It's impossible sometimes for them to understand why it works like this because they've never been to US, they've never been to mm-hmm. UK. They don't understand why things are like this. If if I had to ask you to you know run ads in India, you it would be very easy because you live here, you understand the culture, mm-hmm. you understand people. But with that cultural difference that we have, it gets extremely extremely difficult for them mm-hmm. to sometimes train and you know be okay about it. And the other aspect of it. We Indians, we used to convert dollars to INR every single day. Everybody would do that, right? So so when you run ads, I'm, I mean, if I'm running ads, I'm like, okay, we are just spending $5,000 a day. And for them, they're spending 4 lakh rupees. So this, this, this is a huge challenge. I mean, we think uh, that we are spending and then all my friends, all the other marketers that I know who are living in US, for them, $5,000 is nothing. So that's one of the bigger challenges. And then the other challenge would be finding the right talent in India to do a performance because the training that we have in digital marketing institutes or in, even in digital marketing in India, they, they are not very strongly performance oriented. So... Mm-hmm finding the talent, nurturing them to actually understand the industry and sometimes working in late hours because most of our clients are international. Um, those are the bigger challenges we have. Um, outside of it, honestly, on the client side, we don't have challenges. On, on campaign skill side, we don't have challenges. Mostly it's talking to the team, making them understand uh, of why this would be like this, why would this, would this would be different. So there's most of our efforts and time is going right now. Okay. Uh, as an entrepreneur, I think you would agree that entrepreneurship is a very challenging and, uh, you know, uh, a restless journey where you have to put in a lot of energy and you have to stay energetic all the time, train your team uh, like you are doing um, yeah. every day and uh, drive your team, drive your business, drive yourself. So a lot of energy goes into it. Uh, however, there would be circumstances when you just... Uh, uh, get restless, you f- feel tired or you lose your focus. So can you tell us how do you manage such situations and how do you drive yourself uh, again, wake up morning and come to work? Uh, wh- what motivates you every day? I love this job. I mean, uh, I, I stepped into online marketing because this gave me a freedom to work from anywhere. And I think the strongest reason that I'm still continuing is I have the luxury of traveling the world and still doing it. So uh, yes, you're right. Uh, it gets exhaustive. Uh, we get tired. A lot of times there's a situation that um, you just don't want to work, but, and then you still have to. And I understand that even, even if you think about it, I still sleep five in the morning. 
and I've been doing that for the last 10 years. Mm. I, I, my sleeping cycle is all American now. I mean, I'm not into Indian time zone anymore. So for most of the people, it is difficult. It is challenging. And they ask me questions, well, how do you do this? Like, how do you still manage to sleep at five, six, seven in the morning and get to the office next day? But this is how it is because I'm so passionate about what I'm doing. It, it makes up for it. And the, the second aspect of the moment we get, you know, drained out, um, most of the times I would travel. So I would take a break. Um, you know, there are so many conferences happening in our industry across the world. So in Dubai, US, Thailand, you know, Europe. Uh, so we would travel to all these shows, uh, meet meet new people, understand from them, you know, how the industry is moving, what's going on, and then with that, take some break and work from there. And that is the best thing, you know, that we have to offer. Um, even even this year, you know, I actually took fifteen of my team members to Dubai just to travel with me. So uh, they they had fun with me in Dubai and we were working from there for a few days. So that's crazy, right? So I mean, that is one of the strongest things that we have in our in our company. We build this culture where our employees are being rewarded for the efforts they are putting in for us. Um, and nobody, they don't feel it like that this is a job. They feel it like they're working at themselves. It's, it's a home for them. They would, most of them, they don't want to take breaks they avoid holidays. The, the days the office is closed, they're not very happy. So we have, we, we have been able to build that culture. So we have been very proud of that fact. Mm-hmm. So even after, you know, it gets so exhaustive, but we still have fun together. We go out with team members, um, spend some time, quality time, not talking about work, having fun, traveling, uh, uh, you know, having events, office activities, and this and that make sure that everybody's healthy. If somebody's getting too exhaustive, if they want to leave a work from home, go ahead, we do that, no problem. Uh, most of the times we don't ask questions until unless it is a specific case, but we go ahead and give them that freedom. Hey, if you're not able to come today uh, and you have to go to somebody else's wedding and you want to work from there, we appreciate that, that you still want to work and we give them that option. Mm. Okay. Uh... My final question for you, tell us about uh, the lessons that you have learned as an entrepreneur, which we can take away and apply to our ventures. So uh, the first and the foremost that I would say to any budding entrepreneur is embrace failures. Uh, Most of the entrepreneurs, they're very, very scared about, you know, what happens uh, when they fail. they think that you know this is the end of the journey but i think it all starts there um failures will give you the experiences that you want about things that you do you're not supposed to do and that's the only way i mean if you if you're not having failures that means you just got lucky probably and there's there's never going to be a stage in life where you'll have all green lights so there will be red lights and this is this is how we live but if we if you're not embracing them if you're not taking a time back to reflect on what's going on, understanding from it, uh, you know, making a next move, planning a next move, it will not happen like that. So definitely failures. The other thing that I would say is, is sharing. Um, a lot of people in India, I still believe they don't share enough. They, they feel it is too competitive and they don't want to share information because they feel somebody else will take away the information. But I have, I have recently, you know, come to a conclusion that there's nothing that is proprietary anymore. It's everything is available on the web. Right. So the right way to actually grow would be sharing knowledge and growing with people together. 
So rather than keeping your secrets that you call secrets are not secrets anymore, confining to yourself and actually go ahead and sharing it with people, increasing your horizon, increasing your knowledge, uh, uh, having good people around you to support you. Um, I think that's a better way to do it. And it's easier because if you get stuck somewhere, there are people to support you there. So sharing failures and then final thing would be don't, you know, don't treat your employees as employees. Okay. You spend most of your time in office, not in your home. They, mm -hmm. they are actually family. So why not, you know, live with them like that? Why not tell them why this is important? Why not um, let them know why this, why, why, why our vision is very important. So if they're not aligned to why, what we're doing, then they will always be nine to five people. And we, in our company, we don't build that culture. We make sure that they are happy. We give them um, everything that they want to do their work right and still have fun with it, hmm. right? So your employees are your friends eventually. Uh, obviously, with some uh, differences that you can have, have a boundaries not going over the board, but make sure that you are not bossy. You're a leader that everybody wants to work with. Well, uh... Thanks for your time, people. And it was a great session. Uh, our best wishes for AdSparks. Thank you so much. Thank you so much.